Okay, guys, this is a bit of a weird episode. Um, I don't have any kind of theme. I just talk about two completely separate topics. One is about adapting to some moves, as I've gone through some uh, moves in the last few years, several moves. Um, and I will be moving to Taiwan in January, and I don't know how long I'll be there. So I have some tips on how to kind of get comfortable going into a new place. But then the second part of the episode, I kind of rant and rave about mental prisons again. Um, and I talk about the simulation. I don't talk about the simulation the way you think about it. I talk about it in a different way. And I talk about breaking out of your chains, your mental prison chains. So um, definitely an interesting episode. Different course, different route. Like I said, there's not necessarily a connection between the first part and the second part, but you know, still worth a listen, obviously. Uh, you can check out my website, tstutch.com. Uh, you can go to my YouTube and subscribe, Taylor, T-A-Y-L-O-R, space, Stutch, S-T-U-C-H. Email me, tayradio1 at gmail.com. That is it, guys. Enjoy the episode. All right, everyone. So I'm getting ready to move to Taiwan for a while. Um, I anticipate it being maybe six months, uh, six months, I would say six months to a year. That's the plan. Um, and, you know, there's many reasons for that. But, uh, well, let's say I'd like to think there are many reasons for it. Um, but who knows what's really going on inside my mind? I'll tell you what. Um, yeah, that's a, another tangent, but what I wanted to talk a little bit about was, uh, moving and adaptation. So I have moved around quite a bit over the last couple of years. So I haven't moved to a lot of different cities per se, but I've been moving to, you know, I've just been moving a lot. Um, I moved in 2015 I moved uh, 20, what was it? I moved 2015. I moved earlier this year. I moved again just recently. And then I'll be moving to Taiwan in about a month. And I have been uh, having to, you know, adjust, readjust to these kind of situations. And before that, I was in college, you know, moved every year, lived in China for a year. So, um, quite a bit of, of movement and change over the last several years of my life. Uh, and I wanted to discuss some different ways that, uh, I adjust to some of those changes. So when I, um, what I've noticed about this latest move was that, once you get into, once you get past, I would say the first or second day, you can adjust fairly well. And the best way to do that is to kind of get a minimum, get a minimum level of things organized. So I'm not one of those people that like, I'm not hyper organized. I'm not a super organized person, but um, I do like to feel like some of the essentials are taken care of. So for me, I'm, I'm young, I'm 27, I'm 28 now. Um, 
For me, one of the most important things to get set up when I move to a new place is uh, my computer, which is just a laptop. And you know, once I've got my laptop kind of set up, then it's like, all right, I've got a place to surf the web, uh, to do some work, to do all that. That really helps me kind of to say to myself, ah, here is a bit of normalcy. Here is something that will not be changing too much. Um, I've got a little area, I've got a little place where I can kind of feel comfortable in a zone. Then I would say the next very important part is kind of having a bit of a routine or habit. So I love working out. I'm all about exercise. So for me, it's important that if I want to establish like some kind of normalcy um, in an area, I really like to decide or figure out if I can get some exercise in. You know, can I get some work in? Can I work out? And I'd say that in my latest move, that was more prominent or that was, it's been very prominent. Like as long as I go to a place and I can get some exercise in, it really helps kind of get a good schedule going or at least helps you feel more comfortable and adaptive to the new place you moved. And one, it probably has to do with the fact that exercising just makes you feel better. Um, But once you do that, if you can kind of get on to some kind of schedule, then you feel like, oh, wow, this is a normal part of my life. I'm living in this new area. Now I'm going to this gym. I'm getting these workouts in. And I think it just helps establish some kind of normal life balance. Now, for me, that's partially because exercising and working out, that's what I enjoy doing. Um, And so since I enjoy working out, and doing that stuff, it makes sense that that is important for me to incorporate that into my schedule. And um, another thing is, is that you'd be surprised, man. Once you move to a place, like after about, I would say two days or so, you'd be surprised at how comfortable you can get. You just have to allow yourself to relax a little bit. I definitely experienced this when I was in Taiwan traveling around. So, you know, I traveled around a bit, and um, if, you don't, uh, if you don't travel and you go stay at like a hostel, then when you go to a hostel, it can be kind of a weird experience because you're surrounded by people that you don't know. It's not a real private place, and so you have to embrace the situation that you're in. You have to embrace the uh, lack of privacy, <laughs> you've got to embrace the, um, you know, the fact that you're surrounded by people you don't know. And what I've noticed is once you embrace the place that you're in and you just say, here I am, you know, um, and for me, one thing that helps is to be a little bit messy. As funny as that sounds, uh, because in, in reality, I am not a super tidy, organized person. So for me, if I'm in a place and I've kind of got a couple things sprawled out in an area, then it's it for some reason makes it feel like I'm comfortable there. And I noticed that when I was in Taiwan, uh, the first like couple days, I was the first day or so, I was like you know trying to keep things my all my clothes like really folded and nice and neat and whatever. 
And then afterwards, after like a couple days, I'm like, oh, okay. I started relaxing a little bit more, kind of just had my clothes in kind of like a little pile um, next to my bed. I didn't, uh, it wasn't like, oh, I need to have everything super tidy and organized. It was like, oh, I'm just going to do whatever. And so however your life structure is, um, bring that to the place that you go to. Now, I'm not saying like just throw your shit everywhere, but if you're not a super organized person and generally you have a little bit of chaos around you, then I would say when you move to a new place, don't be afraid to to bring a little localized chaos, right? If normally you've got some clothes sprawled out everywhere, um, don't throw clothes everywhere at the new place you just moved into, but hey, don't worry about having everything super, super tidy and clean and nice because guess what? That's not what you normally do. So you're not going to feel super comfortable in that environment. You know, if you are in an environment that is just unlike, you just moved to a new place. It's already not like the place you used to live. So don't add any more elements of things that are foreign to your way of life. There's already plenty of that. And um, that is one thing that I am one uh, trying to anticipate my uh, temporary move over to uh, Taiwan. So let's pause for some sponsors and uh, we shall return. I don't have a lot to say today, except that I would like to say that I think at this time of the year, let's take this moment these days, these hours, these final hours of the year 2019 to break out of our mental prisons and do what we need to do. So I've talked before about mental prisons. Uh, It's actually a really tricky concept in my opinion. So the thing about mental prisons are, this is how I would define them. They're they're self-limiting ideas there are ideas that put restrictions on your behavior that you don't even – you're not conscious of. You just think that you can't do things, okay? So it could be uh, – there's actually many ways these affect you. I've talked about the other day. I talked about how being hyper-woke is a uh, just a terrible mental prison. And what I mean by hyper-woke is somebody – who is constantly policing their speech and other people's speech and other people's thoughts um, about everything being racist, sexist, bigoted, homophobic. Um, and they're constantly looking for that because those people don't realize that they're, they're limiting themselves. They're limiting their potential. They're filling their mind, their headspace with looking to criticize and take down others They're not even looking at themselves and their own potential. They've totally limited their abilities by doing this. One prominent mental prison um, is, you know, Mike Cernovich touches on this, is the idea of shame. How the, and you know, Gary Vaynerchuk talks a lot about this too. That when when you're shamed, when you're shameful of your actions, when you're shameful of potential outcomes, then you're much less likely to do things that you may even want to do. Now, that being said, you don't want to be totally shameless. Um, I would say because you know you could get into some some trouble. Um, like you, you'll end up doing there. There are limits to shameless behavior, 
right? Like you don't want to just walk around the street naked um, in front of children. That's not a good idea. You want to have shame about doing some things. Um, But our society right now is filled with artificial barriers for shame. So in today's world, you have to, in my opinion, the, uh, you know what, this idea of simulation is starting to make sense. I'm going to go off on a tangent real quick. Cernovich has talked a lot about simulation, the media simulation. He's not talking about like we're all plugged into computers and we're all living in a simulation, but are we ha- we live in a simulated reality as it relates to the rules that we follow, the rules that govern us. So um, I definitely think this is true, and we can look at this through the lens of political correctness. So if you look at political correctness and extreme political – first off, political correctness is bullshit to begin with. The idea that you're not being correct but you're being politically correct is absurd, and the fact that people are okay with this term is crazy, right? You should never ever aim to be politically correct. First off, fuck politics, right? You want to just be correct. Um, Anyway, regardless, when you look at the PC culture, it's a culture filled with simulated boundaries that you're not allowed to cross. You can't say certain words. You can't address people in a particular way. And the people that use political correctness as a weapon, like people in the media, prominent media outlets, what they do is they want to box you in and restrict your behavior. Through these different names like, oh, you're a racist, you're a white male, you're patriarchal, you're an oppressor, okay? So what they're doing is is they're trying to uh, draw boundaries around you that you cannot move from, okay? And it's super interesting because these boundaries – so this is a – that's kind of a macro picture is that you have these boundaries of of behavior that are just – Absurd because we all know, everybody deep down knows that the level of political correctness that we are reaching is hitting absurd levels. Um, I just read an article the other day that this famous trans person in Canada, and they're famous because this guy, it's a man, tried to get a, uh, a masseuse to wax his balls. And the masseuse was like, no, we don't do that. And he was trying to sue that they were discriminating against a trans woman. I don't know what the fuck that was all about. This same person tried to go to a gynecologist. This is a dude who identifies as a woman and was trying to go to a gynecologist. And the gynecologists were like, no, we don't treat trans women. We don't treat a guy that says he's a woman because you don't have a vagina. So get the fuck out. Now, they didn't say get the fuck out, but... They said, get out of here. They, they didn't say get out of here. But they're like, look, we're not going to treat you, okay? And that's perfectly reasonable. I think any reasonable person would understand that that is, um, you know, it's not right that you would identify as a woman, walk into a gynecologist's office and say, treat my balls as though they're a vagina. That's absurd. So anyway, this guy, um, it, you know, was going in with that. And what I'm saying, what I was trying to get to is that we've drawn these mental prisons. We've created these boundaries where we can't even point out how obviously absurd that is. 
There was another article the other day that discussed how on Twitter um, that they were people were going to start teaching like six and seven year olds how to touch themselves. And once again, if you speak out against that, if you speak out against that in certain circles, well, you're you know you are against sex education. What's interesting is that people have been worried about this kind of stuff for a while. That schools and public schools and government-funded schools would start off with just sex education. Oh, this is what happens when people have sex. You can get STDs. You should wear condom, blah, blah, blah. How that has morphed into now we're going to teach elementary school kids um, how to touch themselves, right? So it's, it's crazy. And if you speak out against some of these things, then you're labeled a um, like a bigot or an alt-right Nazi. Now, we can also take this away from the cultural political war and concept and apply it to you know personal things in our lives. So, for example, um, in our current environment, uh, like I've been taking a very unconventional path when it comes to work. Um, I started off after graduating college getting a, a pretty good corporate job. Now, after that, deciding I didn't want to do that, I've been in a world of small business, entrepreneurship, you know, just trying to figure things out. And right now I'm, you know, technically uh, my own small business. I'm self-employed, right? I do contract teaching work. And, um, you know, I wake up in the middle of the night and teach people uh, across uh, the Pacific over in uh, Asia. Now, that's not a normal thing to do. Uh, also, I've just decided that I'm going to uh, stay over in Taiwan for a little while. It's not normal to do. And it would be very easy for me to feel like I'm doing something wrong because that's not normal. Like I'm, I'm what, I'm 27, 28 I should be working for, I should be getting a salary, working for a company. I should be, you know, settling down, doing something like that. Um, and those are boundaries that many people feel compelled to follow. And I have definitely felt that over the last two years, I would say. I have definitely been like, oh, I need to get in line. Like, I just need to get in line. And I need to just follow these these steps. I need to follow this track um, that society has kind of laid out. And uh, that's what I need to do. And don't get me wrong. For some people, that is the exact right thing they should do. But there are other people that they feel totally compelled to do something different. And if you cannot break from the simulation, from the simulated boundaries and the mental prison of self-restriction, then you're not going to act out on those things. I've just been thinking, you know, it hit me the uh, this year. I realized that I was free, that there was a certain level of freedom that I have that many people don't have, right? Like I am not an immigrant in the United States on an H-1B visa, Right, So H-1B visas mean I can't leave the company I work for. Guess what else? I don't work for a company. I do contract work. I'm self-employed. And the companies I work with, I can take off at any time. Um, or I mean as long as I kind of plan it out. I could take 
multiple vacations, do whatever. But now, of course, you need to make money. So that's not totally feasible to just take off and do nothing. Not, I'm not advocating that. Um, but it just hit me. I have this level of freedom. I have this level of uh, freedom that many people don't have and that many people would want. And before I get stuck in a particular path or a particular way of doing things, I need to take advantage of some things I've always wanted to do. Like when I came back from China in my college in one of my college years, I was like, man, I really want to go back there. I'd love to live over in this part of the world. And several years later, I'm going to make that dream a reality. And uh, But it, man, I'll tell you what. I've had to fight a lot of self-censorship, a lot of self-shaming about whether or not I'm doing something that I should be doing, whether or not it's um, you know productive for my future. And all a lot of the inner monologue that goes on in my head is something that has kind of been placed there through um, the expectations of society. So I had to... When I had that realization that I was free and that I needed to take advantage of my freedom, then I kind of saw this some of these restrictions around me that were keeping me from making the moves I wanted to make and doing the things I wanted to do. And after seeing those restrictions, seeing those gates, those walls that stopped me from moving in the direction I wanted to go, then I said, fuck this, man. I'm going to go there. I'm going to go to Taiwan, right? When I was there, I was like, dude, this is the place I want to be right now. I don't want to be back in Houston. I want to be here. I want to be here exploring, doing stuff. Now, I get it. I'm, I'm, you know, to an extent, I'm privileged that I can do things with my American passport. And I'm lucky I was born in America. I get that. But I would also be a fool to not take advantage of the opportunity that I have. And I want to go ahead and transition to something a little different. How about making your own path? I've talked about this before, um, but it's something that I've been thinking a lot about lately. A lot. Because I keep hearing, you know, I love listening to comedy and comedian podcasts. And one thing that seems to be more prominent is this idea that these guys that made it were all kind of explorers in their own way. They had to explore. They couldn't they didn't just say, "Ah, I'm just going to do this for the rest of my life." These people didn't give up chasing what they wanted. And I just think that is an important part of life that many of us don't think we can do nowadays. We all tend to think, and once again, this is a mental prison concept. A lot of us tend to think that there's just not much we can do. That there's not, we don't have many options, you know, because of the bills that we have and the obligations, there's a a hard limit on what we can accomplish and the goals and the dreams that we can achieve. But it's self-limiting. It's self-limiting and it's not true in this day and age you know with the internet with the ability to broadcast and start businesses and learn things you can really go anywhere is and when it comes to money you know everyone's got their money problems 
So we can't speak to everyone's particular issues. But you usually know what you can cut back on your spending. You know, maybe you don't need so many nice clothes. Maybe you don't need all the new gadgets, the nice watches, whatever. And if it means that you can't go on uh, real nice dates, that might be the situation. Maybe you don't go on so many nice dates. But you can accomplish what you want to accomplish. But you got to make, you got to get past those mental prisons. And or maybe you don't achieve the goal that you want, but you can at least shoot for it, man. And I would say shooting for your dream, shooting for your goal is, um, I don't know, I don't want to say the word worth it. I do think it's worth it, but I want to say it's uh, admirable. So break your mental prisons. And, uh, oh, you can go ahead and uh, subscribe to my YouTube channel, Taylor Stutch, T-A-Y-L-O-R space Stutch, S-T-U-C-H. You can go to my website, tstutch.com, T-S-T-U-C-H.com. Uh, email me at tayradio1 at gmail.com. Follow me on Twitter, tstutch1. Thank you.